0: Hi everyone, this is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, and I am your host, and today I'm gonna be Cammy from Street Fighter. I don't know if Cammy has a last name in Street Fighter, but I'm Cammy from Street Fighter, and thank you to everyone who was there at the event last night for Halloween at the Bachelor Forum, where I took first place dressed as Cammie and got me some coins for drinks. I love it. Little free drink gift card. Give me my money. <laughs> it was a great, great time. I had so, so much fun. Um, I'll post a picture later. There was a Spider-Man who was there. One, Was he hot? Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful man. And two most friendly Spider-Man I've ever met in my life. Not everybody who dresses up as Spider-Man is a terrible person, but I've met a couple people dressed up as Spider-Man, and they've been very angry when I meet them. Not towards me, but I think they're just upset that everybody keeps trying to kiss them from upside-down posts or trying to say, hey, sling your web at me. (laughs) So, you know, Spider-Man, I apologize for the ones who have had bad experiences dressing as Spider-Man for Halloween or cosplay events. But, um... Hopefully it gets better for you. Hopefully it gets better. Um, so, you know, if you want to interact with the show, you can always do so on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or LifestyleGBB or hashtag LGBB. You can always interact with the show in any way, shape, or form that you want to. If you're listening on the Anchor app, feel free to send me voice messages through Anchor. You can always do that, and especially if it's something that I can play during the show. I'll play it during the show. Um, If you want to reach out by email, feel free to do so at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to read what you have to say and get back to you. Um... If I can add it into a show, I'll definitely add it into a show. I think it could be quite beautiful. Um, So I do hope you guys are all having a great week. It is Friday, November 1st when I'm recording this. But it could be Friday, March 22nd in the year 2064. So, you know, who knows? But if we have Smarch as a month, I will be so, so happy. So happy. I remember I said "smarch" to somebody on the calendar, and they literally went and looked for it. And I was like, "Wait, what?" They didn't get the joke. So if you get the joke, it comes from The Simpsons, one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes, which I love. Every single Treehouse of Horror episode, I've watched all of them. I binge watched them every year. I'm just saying, it's it's worth it, y'all. It is worth it. Um, so you know today's episode. What are we doing? I thought we would call today's episode Gay, Black, and Answering. And the reason why I'm saying Gay, Black, and Answering is because today's episode is essentially a mailbag episode. So there's been a lot of questions and things that have been sent over to me that maybe didn't always fit into the idea of a show, or there's things that people have asked where I want to answer it, but I can't really integrate it the way I want to integrate it. So why not? Let's just go through some things and... Answer some questions, I think, it can always be good. If you really want to send a question over, please feel free to send a question over to me. I love reading what you guys have to say. And if I can provide you any help in any way, shape, or form, it brings me joy to be able to do that. So today's episode is called Gay Black and Answering the Mailbag. I like that. The Mailbag answering. It's just terms that I think are super amazing. So I'm going to get into some of these questions that I've gotten from you guys, and we're just going to, you know, take it and go from there. So first question that I had, um, and this came from, uh, I'm going to give you a name, Charles Whitaker. That's what I'm going to call you. And Charles said, how would you suggest that you treat someone who doesn't treat you well? And this is a question that when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, well, I just wouldn't be around them. I just wouldn't talk to them. I would completely avoid them in whatever capacity that I could. But then I also had to think about there is something different when you're in situations where you can't avoid that individual. So first of all, not treating me well. That's going to be based on the boundaries that I have set with that person. Because when I think of not treating me well, that's someone not respecting who I am or what I do in a situation. So for example, I love going out to karaoke nights, game nights at bars, trivia nights, and I think it's always fun. And when I'm at these events, I'll go and talk to just random people just to say, hi, hello, how's it going? Or, you know, interact with people just because they're there sharing that same experience. Someone who's not treating me well in that environment is when I walk over and I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? They kind of just stare and don't say anything back, even when they clearly have heard me. Or they uh, will just walk away, roll their eyes like, I'm not talking to you, bitch. Like something like that. That's not treating me well in a situation. Or if I'm at work and... Something occurs, something happens. I don't like when people speak about things in the work environment in generalities. I feel it's best to just go directly to the individual who possibly made the mistake or did something offensive and just addressing it head on. I think that's just a far more effective way of addressing an issue. So I don't think that's treating me well when, let's say, an email comes out of, so... Just so everybody in the office knows, you don't put toilet paper in the refrigerator. I mean, maybe someone likes having their butt wiped with cold tissue paper. You know, it makes you quiver a little bit. You're like, oh, nice and cold. Maybe you ate chili the night before and, you know, you're, you're on fire down there. Some cold toilet paper can help soothe that right away. Now, these situations have not happened to me, but I don't like if you know the situation, if you know that somebody did something specifically, go to them and just say, hey, we don't put tissue in the refrigerator here. I know it may be something you like, but that's just not what we do. Especially if it's your place's management to have that discussion, it's best to have it head on. Maybe a more specific scenario, especially since I'm saying we should be specific. Um... You have a roommate or you have a place where you live with somebody and you have to coexist in that space. Uh, It's so much better. Instead of doing the passive aggressive thing, let's say, let's say that they ate your brownies as opposed to walking around brooding and making little side comments about, oh, well, I guess I'll just eat all the fucking peanut butter since there's no brownies left or, you know, Oh, I can't believe somebody ate all the brownies last night. And then you turn back and look at your phone, knowing that the individual who ate the brownies is in the room. Instead of doing little passive-aggressive things, how about you just go and say, Hey, girl, you ate all the brownies. I'm frustrated by it. Please don't eat all of the brownies next time. Can you save me some brownies? I really would like them. Being very direct is when I feel you're being treated well when you are not being treated well to me is when there's passive aggressiveness or there's that little hint of resentment and it's not directly addressed. Now, I bring that up because you have to be able to coexist with people in situations. So the way I'm going to treat you when you are not treating me well, if we're in a situation like we're roommates, I'm just going to be very cordial. I'm going to do my best to stay out of your way. And I hope you'll do the best to stay out of my way. But I'm going to also be looking for a chance to get out of that situation as soon as the lease is up. As soon as the lease is up, I'm out. I'm gone, girl. Gone, girl, gone. Great movie, by the way. Um, I'm also going to make sure if this is a situation where we still have to interact, that whatever purpose that we're interacting for, especially if it's work, It does not affect our work performance. So I will take anything that would be a personal or maybe outside of work situation and conversation and end it very quickly. I just, hey, we're here to work. I understand you want to tell me about this, but I apologize. We just need to get our jobs done. So that way, I'm taking responsibility that I just want to do work. I don't want to focus on the personal stuff. And we're just going to keep it moving. I hope that that makes sense for you, Charles. So... Another question that I got that came in, um, we're gonna say this came from Clyde. So, Clyde, say, I was doing some YouTube listening. I think it's interesting that the powers that be have placed the so called gay agenda in the light over the black agenda. And this has caused a great divide over blacks fighting together. Straight people don't have a dog in the fight of LGBTQ plus equality, but I don't think Black equality won't happen without all Blacks standing together. What are your thoughts? So Clyde, my thoughts on this, um, one of the first things that I have to say is all Black people have to stand together if we're going to get or achieve anything from where we are now. So being gay and black is, you're essentially existing and living in this world with both hands tied behind your back and maybe a gunshot through one of your knees. You have a leg to stand on, but you're going to be taking fire from all sides, including your own community right now. You know. I have seen it happen, and I was looking at, uh, while well, I was listening to an episode of The Breakfast Club, and Carmen Carrero was on there, a few LGBTQ plus Black activists were on the show, and for the life of me, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names, um, and they were talking with uh, Malik Yoba about how he was talking about that he is attracted to trans women, and there were people who were listening to the show and they were commenting on their social media and also the following episode of The Breakfast Club about how uh, gay people are saying that they still need help and they need to fight same as black people, you know. And I think one guy even commented, he was like, it's completely different. Gay people have it all. They're fine. But you can't say gay people need more help than black people. And it was like this us versus them Mentality and conversation that I kept hearing coming up on the show. Now, when it comes to being gay and black, we're facing discrimination on the fact that we're black we're facing discrimination on the fact that we're gay. The discrimination not only comes from people who are not black because we're black, but black people are coming at us because we're gay. In some circles, and I'm pretty sure people have experienced it, you are targeted as if you're an embarrassment to the black community because you are gay. The other side of it is in the black community, which I've noticed uh, overwhelmingly, if you are lesbian, That can be very fetishized, a very happy thing for straight men who are Black to talk about, or if you're gay, you're automatically exiled by straight men of color in some scenarios, or... One of the biggest insults, I guess you could say, that tries that I hear come up in uh, conversations or when people are trying to be petty and go after somebody, especially if, like, a girl breaks up with a guy, she'll be like, oh, yeah, that nigga had me lick his asshole. And because I licked his asshole, he likes his butt being played with. Oh, gay ass nigga. They would say some shit like that. Okay, so one, let's talk about it. You are still straight, even if you like anal stimulation. One does not equate the other. You're still having heterosexual sex with a woman, even though she is playing with your asshole. That does not make you gay. So I don't understand why people use this as an insult. But when they do use this as an insult, then straight black men feed into it. And they're like, oh yeah, I knew that nigga was gay. He's gay. He likes women playing with his butt. Okay, let's analyze that for a second. A woman playing with a man's butt Does not equal gay. It doesn't. It doesn't equal gay at all. Or we saw in, you know, black social media, Twitter, and even just regular media, Tank was talking about if a man gives oral to another man, that doesn't make him gay. And it was a very enlightened conversation. At first, I was like a little perturbed when I saw the uh, posting for it, but I didn't actually watch and listen to the video. And It was a very educated conversation of just saying, that doesn't make you gay if you happen to give oral to another man. It's just where you're at in your life. Maybe you did it once, maybe you did it twice. That doesn't make you gay. Gay isn't the act of what you're doing sexually. I feel it's the space you're in in your mind, what your real truth is, and what you're living your life as. That's where I believe we get the term, or you can define yourself as gay. Now, There is a divide that I've seen when it comes to black equality and gay black equality. Um, I've noticed in some circles that when there's a black equality conversation, gay people are welcome in the room, but just to support and not speak out about the rights that they want as well. Um, I've seen it occur where, you know, when gay marriage, when we were fighting to get it legalized and there were Black gay people who were standing on the line too with the white gay people of saying we want to be treated as equal, they were kind of shunned by some of the white people and by a lot of the people who were Black in the community who were straight, who were on the opposite side of saying, no, do not legalize gay marriage. They don't need to be married. Now, when you look at it, we're black people fighting for an equal right, whether we're gay or straight. You know, there's equality in marriage. Marriage to say and be able to declare openly that I love another person in this document and this ceremony proves it. That's equality, to be able to just do that. And whether you're gay or straight, every human deserves that right. Everybody deserves that right. It is something that needs to be equal amongst everybody. But because the Black people who were gay were fighting for it as well, it caused a divide in the Black community. You know, another thing that I look at um, when it comes to Black transgendered individuals who are being attacked and killed in the Black community by other Black people, that is a divide in our community. You know, if we're attacking people because they're just living their life, we're shooting our own selves in the foot as a community. There's no way that we can get to where we want to be getting reparations, getting full equality, stopping being killed by the police if we're not all standing together on a unified front. A unified front of no matter you're gay, you're straight, you're bi, you're, identifying as gender non-binary, you are cisgendered, maybe you're transgendered. If we don't stand together, there's always a way for the other side to get us to attack each other. And once we start attacking each other or we don't support each other, that's when it's the easiest to take us down. You know, if you look at societies or if you look at military strategies One of the biggest strategies that is out there is to cause destabilization in a community and then you can come in and take it over. And when there's a divide between gay Black people and Black people for equal rights, it's so much easier to split us apart. We'll spend our time battling each other and not going after the real enemy. So those are my thoughts on that, Clyde. Um, You know, it's... It's one that I've thought about for a while because, you know, I hear it all the time of, you know, straight Black people talking about how gay Black people are doing just terrible things to the community. And I'm just like, you know what? You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue. No clue whatsoever. All right. So our next question, um, this one comes from Dawn. And Dawn said, generally speaking... Which do you feel is better when you're torn between matters of the heart versus the mind? So when you're torn between matters, which one are you following? Your heart or your mind and why? Huh. So when I'm torn between matters and when I hear heart versus mind. So when I hear heart, I think that's thinking emotionally. And when I hear mind, that is going to this as a analytical or uh planned out or thought out process. huh? You know what? So I'll take this to the, I'll take this to men, men. When I am thinking about dating a guy, maybe a guy comes to me and is talking to me, I generally and in the past would think with my heart, emotionally, how did I feel in that moment or what am I feeling right now? And I'll use an example. And this occurred. Oh, this actually happened last week, Saturday, actually. And I was at a bar. I was at a bar and at the bar, this guy came in and I was totally attracted to him. 100% hot, super freaking hot, my type. Like he was 6'3", gray beard. I like daddies. gray beard. Nice, just thick man. I love... I love a good thick man. Like muscles are great. They're fine. But give me like just a full bodied mm, man, just a chunk of man. (laughs) I'm all about it. Um, But so he walked in and he had a great smile, by the way. Smiles get me all the time. A great smile. Um, And I could tell he had been drinking. You know, I had a couple of drinks. I wasn't drunk. I was, I would say tipsy. Um, But I definitely wasn't trying to get super drunk. I didn't want to be drunk that night because I was going to have to drive home. So he walks in. He walks. He sees me. He gives me like an eye. I give him an eye. He walks back out of the room I was in where I was playing darts with friends. And so I, you know, just peek over my shoulder to see if he's still looking. And he was still looking. So I knew I caught him. He caught me. We're going to see where it goes from here. So then he comes over. He's talking to me. And we start talking about, oh, where are you from? And he tells me where he's from. I tell him where I'm from. And I'm like, you look fantastic. And he's like, you do too. I was doing the test run of my cami costume. So I was quite exposed at that point. Um, And I was like, oh, you're sweet. And so then he just kind of grabs me, which I don't like that at all but he literally just grabbed me and pulled me into him and then like took a handful of my cakes and started squeezing them. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, I pushed myself off of him. I'm like, um, I'm like, Oh, that was sweet, but please don't do that. I don't like when just random men grab me. And so the next thing he says, he's like, Oh, well I'm dominant and I'm not some random man. I'm about to be your man. And he kind of reaches out and tries to pull me in close to him again so, yeah, I push back. I'm like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I do like dominant men, but I need to get to know you a little bit more before we just start pulling on each other and all this shit. I'm just not OK with it. So what are you looking to do tonight? Where, where is this going? And that was the question that I asked. Now, he's like, oh, well, you know, I definitely want to hook up with you. I came out to the bar to find somebody who was hot to hook up with and maybe see where it goes from there, and possibly start more of a friends with benefits or even a possibly a relationship. Now, this is where the tear in me came into place. He had given off red flags that he was a fuckboy. If you don't know what a fuckboy is, listen to Lifestyle of, I'm sorry, the Lifestyle episode, The Gay Black Fuckboy Chronicles and The Gay Black Fuckboy Chronicles Redux. Just saying. But we go into these topics of fuckboys and he was giving off some of the red flags of a fuckboy. One, he was trying to be very handsy. Two, he was very vague on what he actually wanted outside of hooking up. He said, I want to hook up, but then tried to also give it the bow of the promise of, hey, if I get your Debs today or your good China. When I say Debs, little Debbie cakes. Um, Or if I get your china tonight, I could possibly want more like a friendship or a relationship or friends with benefits. You know, it could possibly happen to kind of set that expectation or hope in my mind of, oh, okay, if I let him get in this tonight, there could be more. That's a fuckboy thing. It is a fuckboy thing. If you don't believe it is, talk to any fuckboy because I used to do it myself. So. In older scenarios, when I would just think with my heart, I would have been like, oh, okay, well, you know what? He's got me a little stimulated because I think he's hot, one. Two, he thinks I'm hot, and he's promising me more. If I go home and let him fuck tonight, that would be me thinking with my heart. Now, in this scenario, I'm very happy that I ended up thinking with my mind. So I said to him, I was like, "Um, okay, well, that's cool. Um, well, I've got friends here with me tonight, so how about I go ahead and drop them off? Maybe we can talk more. Give me your number. I don't want to hook up tonight. His exact words were, no, I want to hook up tonight, and I'm getting your car. I'm leaving with you and your friends, and you're taking me back to your apartment so we can fuck. Just like that. Now, again, old Andrew, thinking he was hard, would have been like, Oh, well, this means he must really, really want me because he's telling me what I'm going to do. And that's dominance in a great way. So I'm going to take him home with me. And I would have fucked up that whole scenario. Taking this man home who knows what could have happened and been stupid. That would have been me thinking with my heart. Thinking with my mind, when he said that to me, I was like, no. I said, I'm taking my friends home, I'm dropping them off, and then I will come back, and if you are still here, then we can talk more. So, to give that little backstory there, that was me thinking with my mind. Now that I'm older, I think with my mind and follow my mind more in situations than I do my heart. And this is just based on experiences from the past of being hurt, um, learning, learning, going to therapy and getting better and identifying that there are red flags that I find attractive sexually in ways, but I have to check myself and say, Andrew, it is not the fact that you keep having people fuck you over. It's the fact that you keep allowing men that are giving these red flags off to fuck you over. So that's where I had to put my mind into the equation and think with my mind and go back to the experiences. You know, there's a quote that I heard in the past that fools learn from experience and sometimes you have to learn from experience like a fool. I was a fool in my past. Thinking with my mind takes me out of the space of being a fool. So that's how I like to do things. Um, now, when it comes to, let's say, money, I'm going to follow my heart. I follow my heart when it comes to money because I am not financially intelligent in some scenarios. So I get, you know, some coins and I'm like, oh my God, now I can go get that Sailor Neptune costume. Knowing that I should probably go buy groceries. The intellectual in my mind is telling me, go buy groceries, don't go buy that costume. My heart, those emotions were like, yes, I finally can get this, I want it. I went and spent the money on the costume and ate boiled eggs for a week. it was disgusting I mean boiled eggs are delicious but it was still disgusting after a week of just eating boiled eggs and spinach it was like well okay we got this you see where it's going but with money I do definitely think with my heart even though I call it out intellectually and use my mind to say hey girl you're doing the wrong fucking thing here I still do it but dog thank you for that question thank you thank you I truly appreciate it so let's do one more question. Then we're going to take a little break. Um, this question, this came from Lafayette. Um, I'm making that name up. Lafayette. I just think it's such a beautiful word to say. It's a beautiful name too. But the question from Lafayette was, would you go to a party where cell phones are not allowed? It seems like we can't socialize for a long period of time without scrolling through our phones. Socializing seems to be replaced with cell phones. I do understand that in certain circumstances such as work or family may require that you have your cell phone for an emergency purpose. But generally, we can attend a function and just socialize with other people and not check our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or whatever else is out there. So would you attend this party? My answer is yes, 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 yes. So I have to use my cell phone for work. I have to use my cell phone for this podcast. I have to use my cell phone to make sure I keep myself organized when it comes to parts of my daily life. But the moment I get to put my cell phone down and not look at it is the most freeing moment of my day of my life. I would definitely go to a party or an event where cell phones are not allowed. There's one event here in upstate New York. It's actually in Sterling, New York. It's called the Renaissance Festival. If you are in upstate New York, I suggest that you go. It's tons of fun. It's like living Game of Thrones. It's so much fun, except there's no dragons. And Cersei is not just one person, but Cersei can be a group of 50 people. (laughs) But... um. Every time you get to go to the uh, the Renaissance Festival, they have as a part of their rules on their website that modern technology, i.e. cell phones, cameras, all those things, are really not allowed on the grounds. You can have them as an emergency, but you can't be walking around the festival with your cell phone in your hand. Or you can't be at a festival event just recording on your cell phone. You need to keep your cell phone out of sight, hidden, in a bag, something. And I can say the times that I have gone not having my cell phone, oh, it feels so, so, so good. It just feels amazing. I challenge everybody to take a day and not use your cell phone at all. And I would say do that in a space where you are maybe off from work for the day or you have nothing to do for the day. Don't use your cell phone. Your cell phone, let it function as just that, a phone. And when I say phone, this is before cell phones were around. So when I was growing up as a kid, the phone, it rang, you talked on it, and you hung it up. You couldn't text from it. You still had to dial specific things. Pound was a thing, that hashtag. It was just the pound symbol. A star was there. You know, you could star 69 people. Uh, was it star 33 for three-way calls, all kinds of stuff. Um, Let your cell phone function as just a phone. And just experience that day. Don't text from it. Don't get on your social medias. Don't try to read the news. Don't do anything on your cell phone except talk on it like a phone. That's it. I challenge you to do it and tell me how you feel after you do it. I say it myself because I do it on the weekends where I don't text or I try not to get on social media. It is the most freeing thing in the world. I'm not seeing all the crap that's coming through on timelines. I'm not dealing with people's anger. I don't have to see weird fucking posts about dumb shit. I just get to enjoy whatever I'm doing in my space at that moment. Maybe watching a movie. Maybe playing a good ass video game. Crocheting. Straightening up my apartment. Listening to some music and just dancing around discovering me outside of the influence that's brought in through a cellular device is so freeing and so much fun. So if I got to go to a party where cell phones were not allowed, I'd be in heaven. You'd be in a room or spaces where you could just socialize with people, dance, especially if it's a costume party, look at people's costumes and just have fun. So I would do it. i definitely go. Lafayette, thank you for sending that in. All right, guys, so we're going to take a break And I will be back because we got some more stuff to go through in this mailbag. Hi, everyone. Today's episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy is sponsored by Anchor. If you're not familiar with Anchor, let's talk about it for a little bit because it's not something that's going to tie you down to the bottom of the ocean. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everybody knows a girl loves free. Free is better than skinny. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. They do all of the work for you. I mean, look at this. You can hear my crazy whiny voice on over 10 platforms already. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A N C H O R.fm to get started. And then you can have your voice out there like this little girl here. So, check it out, y'all, and let's get back to the show.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Danny. Hey, this is Andrew. And we are your hosts of Some Meta Shit. So if you haven't listened yet, you should definitely check it out. It's our new podcast uh, that's been out for quite a bit now. So uh, I want to say like just over a month. Yeah. And we do a lot of conversation about how we conversate or converse, converse. In I can't like
0: the word conversate. I can't yeah. lie.
1: Now if you haven't heard it yet You should definitely check it out We're available on quite a few platforms We're on iHeartRadio We're on Apple Podcasts We're on Google Podcasts We're on Anchor We're on Spotify We're on all these motherfuckers
0: We're here We're talking about language And the language that we use every single day Language is important. This is how we communicate as humans, as individuals, and beings in this world. But let me tell you something. When you talk about language and you talk about yourself, you read yourself all at the same goddamn time. Absolutely. Some Meta Shit is available for you to get into this conversation, and we want you to participate. So how can we do that?
1: Um, you can hit us on the socials. You can follow us on our social media accounts. You can email us at somemetashit at gmail.com. And yeah just give us your feedback let us know what you're thinking tell us how you're using these words we have quite a good selection of episodes so far we've got things like healthy versus clean we've got things like kinky versus perverted we are looking for new um new ideas so if you have any ideas absolutely just shoot us a message and let us know i mean words have meaning and meaning means things
0: right come get meta with us because meta is meta
1: trippy right and bye, you That's some meta
0: shit. <laughs> Alright, guys. So we are back. We are back. We are back. And we're going to get back into this mailbag, dig a little deeper in there and see what we got going on. So this next question, this came from a group that I'm a part of. um, It's called the Gentleman's Network. And it's a Facebook group and tons of great things go on in this group. Um, The creator of the group, Dwayne, asked this question and also sent it to me in my uh, inbox to talk about it on podcast. And this was to you, what is a loyal friend? And do you currently have that experience in your life? And then there was another question that got asked um, later in the group. In your opinion, what is loyalty and what does it mean for us to be loyal to the group? So loyalty and having a loyal friend. So first, I want to talk about what loyalty is. Loyalty is having an allegiance, an alliance or something with another person, a group, a body of people, and not doing something intentionally offensive Destructive or manipulative to that person, individual, body, group, or whatever. That is what loyalty is for me. Um, Currently in my life, I do have loyal friends. I have very loyal friends. um, A few of them, actually. Uh, The people who are in my life that I call friends, you know who you are, because I don't use the friend the term friend lightly. When I call you a friend, you have access to a space of me and my mind that the rest of the world just does not get. Um, and I do have loyal friends in my life and those are people who I know I can count on at any moment, not for something as far as money or a place to go or a place to stay, but to just text at some random moment and say, Hey, can I talk to you real quick? And they know if I'm doing that, it's something where I'm just like, Oh shit this, I can't handle this one on my own. Or also I know that I can trust them that they're not going to do something intentionally to hurt me or to offend me or to cause some kind of turmoil in my life. There is no intent for that to be the purpose. Um, And I feel that I am a very loyal friend. You know, even with the scenario that occurred this week where I found out that a friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, I offended him. And I am sorry that I offended him. And I said that to him myself because there was an individual that I did not know he was interested in, that he was talking to and he really liked. And me and this individual, we ended up hooking up before I even knew who he was, before uh, my friend told me about him. We hooked up, had, you know, a little slap and tickle play and then I found out that my friend was interested in this person. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, I didn't know that me and that other individual hooked up until it was brought to my attention by that individual. Because the night we hooked up, I was very intoxicated. And I remembered sleeping with somebody, but I didn't remember who the person was. Very scary scenario, but you guys know I'm an open book, so I'm just going to talk about it. Um, So when I found that out, I went and told my friend, I'm like, hey, I got to talk to you. This is what happened. Now, of course, he was upset. He has the right to be upset. And you can be upset for as long as you want to. Just know when you're ready to talk, I am here to talk with you. But as loyal and where loyalty comes into play there for me, I didn't keep it a secret. I came to my friend and I told my friend because not saying anything I feel in situations where something happens where you know it could be offensive is worse than saying something. When you don't say it and you have your friend looking crazy, that's not loyalty to me. Loyalty is taking a bullet and saying, I fucked up, which I did. I slept with somebody that you were interested in, even though I didn't know you were interested in that individual. Now that I do know, I have to tell you that as a friend. That to me is loyalty. Um, loyalty itself is something that I feel you have to have that inside of you. You can learn it, you can experience it, but if it's not already inside of you, you're going to have some trouble, uh, with loyalty. And it also comes to the way that you look at people. We have a way of dehumanizing people that we don't like, so we don't feel like we have to have a sense of loyalty to them. Whether that's calling them names, whether that's looking at them in disdain, just saying, oh, well, they're just a fuck up, who cares? We have a way of doing that as humans, and it's so it makes it easier for us to not be social with those individuals. When you have loyalty to somebody, you look at them as more than just an individual. You look at them as somebody you care about, as a physical manifestation of your like, love, or trust of another individual. And when it comes to loyalty for a group... Um, Because this question was asked for the Gentleman's Network. Um, But I'm just going to say a group. And when it comes to a group of friends, when it comes to a social group, maybe you have like a crochet club or something like that. Loyalty and crochet club means that you don't pick up some knitting needles. You pick up some knitting needles, bitch. We got a problem. (laughs) I'm joking. But loyalty to the group is when you are making sure that the group as a whole is getting to the goal that you want, that you're together with, and isn't being diminished, damaged, or hurt in a way by an individual's actions or the group's actions itself. You know, when I align myself with a group, especially like the Gentleman's Network, which is meant to empower gay Black men, if something happens in the group that's taking away from that, loyalty to the group is making sure that we address that situation and remove it, excise it from the group. We have to remove that from the group because if we don't, it's only going to fester and hurt the group. That's loyalty to a group to me. I think it's very important. I think it's definitely something that can be hard to address because you're no longer going up against something just yourself, but you're taking into account and holding other people accountable uh, all at the same time. All right. I hope that made sense. (laughs) So, Dwayne, thank you. Um, Another question that I have, and this came from DB Marshall. Marshall. Wanted to just know one thing. Let's get to know each other better. What is your favorite destination place? So, my favorite destination place is Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. I went there, oh, oh, my God, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, it was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago when I was 21, I went there. And uh, it was just so much fun. I spent two days in Cabo. I was part of a cruise and I remember getting off the boat and just had a fantastic time meeting random people on the port, talking to all kinds of people, going off to bars with people who did not speak English and that I did not understand Spanish at the time. But what we all related on was the fact that we just had a good time drinking tequila from a tequila factory. Oh my God. Doing this margarita class where we were just making margaritas all the time and just exploring the port itself. I remember I spent hours down on the pier with my feet in the water, just talking to people who either lived there or other people who were vacationing. And it was just such a positive atmosphere and environment that I fell in love with it. I loved it. So that was my, I would say that's my favorite destination place. That's my favorite destination place and. I don't think there's any other way I could describe it. Um, You know, if I had one other destination place that I like and want to go back to would be Akihabara in Japan. Japan is beautiful. Akihabara is like an anime comic book city. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. So that's where I want to go. I'm going to plan a trip there sometime soon because who knows what's going to happen in the near future. I may not get the chance to go. So I'm going to plan it as soon as I can. All right. Um, You know, we'll take another light question here too. Um, Name two of your favorite restaurants. And this came from Wilson. We're going to call you Wilson. Uh, Wilson asked me, name two of your favorite restaurants. And two of my favorite restaurants are Church's Chicken, I love Church's chicken. If you have not had Church's chicken, I suggest you go and get some Church's chicken. It is delicious, crunchy, and those honey butter biscuits, my god. I would kick a child in the face for a box of them. Honey butter biscuits are delicious. D freaking delicious when they come from um when they come from Church's chicken. So good. My second favorite, uh, my second favorite restaurant would be, hmm, you know what? It's a local restaurant here in upstate New York and Rochester. It's called Gines. Gines is a Greek restaurant, but they have a fantastic brunch menu that I just love. And I go there and I get this dish called Eggs Alaska. It's essentially eggs benedict, but over crab instead of sausage or uh, the Canadian bacon. So good. So good. So good. So good. And you can go there any time of the day and get any breakfast food that you want. That's what makes it even better. So I love, uh, I love Giants. Giants is amazing. And they're not paying me to say this. No restaurant is, but those would be my two favorite restaurants that I get to go to. All right. So another question about getting to know me better. This came from John. Um, John said, hey, what do you like to do in your spare time? So in my spare time, I love to watch random foreign movies. Um, The better, I'm sorry, maybe the more obscure, the better to me. I love to watch foreign movies where it could be something like One of my favorite movies is called Dream Home. I'm in Dream Home. It's a movie from China. And this woman's trying to get an apartment that she wants, but the rent for the apartment is too expensive and she's not getting approved for it. So since she's not getting approved for this apartment, what she decides to do is break into the apartment building self and start killing people. She goes on a spree killing to kill as many people as she can. So that way, once the murders are reported in the news about this apartment complex, the price will drop and she'll get approved for her apartment. I know, crazy premise, fantastic movie. Um, so I love to watch movies like that, Another thing that I love to do in my spare time is I am a gamer. Give me games. Let me play games. Right now I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2, and it is pretty freaking phenomenal. Very immersive game. I am waiting for two games, though, to come out. The Last of Us 2 and Death Stranding. They both look like phenomenal games. I cannot wait. I love games. Um... Another thing that I love to do in my spare time is I love to eat foods. I love to try to make my own recipes. I love to try and create creative, innovative pancakes. Pancakes are amazing. They're delicious. Who doesn't love them? I would say maybe the last thing that I like to do in my spare time, and it's going to sound like it's not something you do in your spare time, but that is enjoy sleep. I am always on the go, 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 so I don't get to enjoy sleep. Nope, you know what? That's not the last thing, but I love to be able to sleep and just enjoy my dreams because I don't get to sleep often, so that's something in my spare time. My favorite thing in my spare time to do, though, that would be watch anime. When I get the chance to sit down and I have nothing else to do and I can watch some good anime, I am in heaven. Um, I've got to start watching Demon Slayer. Everybody's telling me about it. I've been watching Dr. Stone and I personally love it. Um, But you guys recommend me some anime to watch. Give me some good anime. I need to watch more and more and more and more. So that's for me for my spare time. Um, So now let's get to a more serious question. This came from Cooper. And Cooper, his question was, How do you know when you're living above your means, especially if everything is paid on time? So for me, knowing that I'm living above my means, even though everything is paid, that means that I am either worrying that it will not be paid in time, or when I do have the chance to get it paid, I have nothing left over for the things that will make me comfortable in my life. So when I think of living above your means, that's maybe having an apartment that is just at the top of your budget. That's having electronic devices that are going to create more to your electronic bill that is going to put you just above your budget. And then that's also having an appetite for things that you require as necessities that are going to put you well over your budget. Now, you can still pave them. You can still get them all covered, but all you have is just the basic necessities from it when you can get them at such a much more reasonable price range. You know, even though you're paying everything on time, maybe you're scared you won't be able to pay them and something happens. I feel you're living above your means if maybe there is a tragedy that could occur and then you can never recover to keep paying things. So let's say... Now, we all know that 90% of Americans are living one health tragedy away from being homeless. That is a clear, defined fact, and that is why your vote is so important in this next election to change that. Um, But if you look at it this way, let's say you're living in an apartment, you have your basic things, your electricity, your gas. Internet is pretty much a necessity now, so you have your internet and stuff. And let's say you get sick and you can't work for a week and you know you don't get paid for being off. You don't have the vacation time. If being off for that one week of work is going to put you out so bad that you're going to be months behind rent at that point, or maybe you're not going to be able to pay your rent at all. You're going to be evicted just from missing one week of work. I think that means you might be living above your need, your means. You know, things are going to happen. Emergencies are going to occur. So if you're going to end up being without because you can't maintain your pay for a week, that could be living above your means. You know, living within your means to me means that you are living with the possibility that a tragedy can occur, but you can still recover from this tragedy without losing anything that you have currently in your life. So that would be living above your means, even though you're paying things on time. All right. All right. So we got another deep question here. Um, this question is very deep. This came from Susquehanna, and I'm making that up, but Susquehanna asked, asked, can you forgive, get over, and love someone again that deeply hurt you? So for me, I've talked about forgiveness in the past, I've had a situation with, I would say, my worst ex ever, who really hurt me very, very deeply. Now, I forgave him, and I forgave him because I had to do it for me. Forgiveness is typically for yourself. It's really not for the other person. And I had to forgive myself along with forgiving him because I was destroying myself with how much I hated him. Holding on to the anger of how bad he hurt me and fucked me over was destroying my life. I didn't know how to be a good person anymore because I was stuck in the pain and the hurt and the anger. So I had to forgive him to forgive myself to then have inner peace for myself. Getting over, moving past that event, I had to get over that event as well. The hurt occurred, but I had to figure out, what did I learn from this? How did this benefit me? Because even though it hurt, there is still always a benefit in it if you survive through the event. And then I had to look at it of, this is going to be my motivator. I have to get over it because if I don't get over it, it's going to be giving me resistance from the front as I try to press on. But if I get over it, let's say I metaphorically hop over that hump of the hurt Now it's behind me. And who knows, maybe that can start pushing me to do bigger and better things. Now, love. That one, I am not capable of doing. I cannot love the man who hurt me the way he hurt me. I can't. I cannot love someone who has hurt me deeply because it's just not in me. I'm not there. I'm not at that point in my life. And I don't know when or if I ever will be there. I do not love the man who hurt me so deeply in the past, my ex. I don't love him. I feel if I loved him, that would give him space back into my life in a way that I do not want him there. So I will respect him. Like I'm respecting him now, not using his name in this podcast, but love him. That's out the window. I, I have no love for people who hurt me especially when it's intentional. If you're intentionally hurting me, I cannot love you. That's how I look at it. All right. So I, yo, this was a fun little, just little episode of just doing questions in the mailbag. You know what? If you want to contribute to the show, you want to be a part of the mailbag, I'll get you in another episode or Maybe just do another mailbag episode at some time. Feel free to do so. Reach out to me directly on the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or Lifestyle GBB um, or hashtag LGBB we can do that. You can also email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle G is in gay, B as in black, B is in boy at gmail.com. And I'll gladly read your questions, add them into a show if they fit for a specific topic, or you'll be a part of another mailbag episode, which I just think was pretty fun. Um, we're not ending the show just yet, but I at least want to give you guys that information if you want to contribute. The last thing that I want to talk about, and this was something that I saw on social media, and it was a fight. It, well, it wasn't a fight. It was an assault. It was an assault of a man by his so-called friends because he is gay, or as they were saying that he's gay. So the video starts off with this weird looking guy who had pom-poms in his hair, black individual, black man, had pom-poms in his hair showing off his ass, like, shirtless. And he's screaming at another person who he calls his friend who's in the room. And there's a bunch of other black individuals in the room. I'm not going to call them men because what they did is not what men did. They're niggas. Those are niggas. Those are what they are. But um, they were in the room. And so the friend, well, the one guy with the pom-poms in his hair is saying oh, fuck you. You're a bitch. And come to find out you gay and all this shit. And as soon as he said that the guy was gay, every other man jumped up in this room and beat that person down. They beat the shit out of him, jumped him, assaulted him in that room because the one individual who had pom poms in his hair, I'm going to keep coming back to these pom-poms because we all have the right to do with what we're going to do on our hair, but they beat up this man because his friend said he was gay. And they beat him up because he's gay if he is gay. They assaulted him, assaulted him, assaulted him in that room. Now, black men, one, will fight you head one-on-one in a fair fight. That's a man. That's what a man does. Two, Black men that I call black men would never assault somebody because of their sexuality. Never. A man doesn't do that. Three, pom-poms in your hair. One, this whole thing that was based on assaulting this man because he was gay was because of stereotypes. And stereotypes still exist in the black community. Maybe you walk feminine. You look feminine. You have something that could be considered feminine, like pom-poms in your hair. The one, when I first saw the headline for the video about man gets beat up by his friends because he's gay, I thought the guy with the pom-poms was going to get beat up because if we're basing it on stereotypes, which is how this assault occurred, he would be the person that I would think was gay in the room. Not the one that they beat up. The one that they beat up looks like a stereotypical heterosexual man. So I was thoroughly confused on that. And The one thing that I just don't understand is why. Why did you beat up this man? Y'all beat him up because let's say he is gay. You beat him up because you thought he was looking at you. No. Two. Niggas. Like, if you're walking around with your ass out sagging all the time, but you're only surrounded by men, that is not making you gay. But I need you to understand that your homeboys who maybe are straight or maybe not be straight are going to see your ass and look at your ass in any way, shape, or form, whether they're gay or not. So don't try to assault somebody or beat somebody up because they're gay because you think they're looking at you. Gay people have standards. Just because we're gay, it doesn't mean we just want to go after every man that we see. Just because we're gay doesn't mean we're going to hit on you or try to assault you or reach down and try to stick our face between your ass. We don't want to do that. Gay people have standards just the same way that straight people do. And might I say it, a gay man's standards are far more strict than any straight man I've ever met or known in my entire life. Let's just talk about that and be real about it. Um, so, one, if y'all thought that this boy was looking at you in a sexual way, I'm pretty sure he wasn't because all y'all in that room did not look like the type of man he would want to be with, especially with how on point he was looking. So... I just had to point that out. I wanted to talk about it because a few people sent it to me on the socials and... That's just how I feel about it. I hope that those individuals go to jail or prison for a hate crime because that was a hate crime. You assaulted this man under the pretense that he was gay and you only assaulted him because his friend called him gay. That's not a friend. That's not loyalty. Individual who got beat up, I hope you never talk to them again. I hope you go to the police. I hope you file charges and I hope that you get justice because there's video of it. That's just how I feel. All right, y'all. So we're going to call it a day here. This show is done and over. Um, if you want to interact with the show, please feel free to reach out to me on the socials, Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. You can hit me up. I've already given the email multiple times, but it's lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G is in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. You can hear the show on all major podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio now, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, Himalaya, Breaker, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and more. If you're listening, the only thing that I ask that you do for me is rate and uh, comment the show. Give me a five-star rating, please write your comments down. You make it more visible. The more visible the show is, the more I get to do with it. And the more time that I can just invest knowing that it's going to take me more places. I truly appreciate all the support that you guys always give me. I've said it once in a million times. Without you, it is not possible for me to continue doing this show. And I truly appreciate it. I hope you all have a great weekend. Love, love, love. I'll see you again next week.